0: The Phoenix Theatre and Arts Company's audio drama series presents Bruno Lessing's Hanukkah Lights, adapted and directed by Jenna Isabella. For past episodes, upcoming events, and other information, make sure to visit our website at phoenixtheatreartsco.com. Remember, that's theatre with an R-E. Without further ado, we give you Hanukkah Lights.
1: Hanukkah Lights Somewhere in transit, he had lost all his letters, papers, credentials, cards, all belongings, in fact, that might have established his identity. He said he was David Parnes, and that he had come from Pest, and that he was tall and broad with fine black eyes and curling black hair, a somewhat dashing presence, and the most charming manners. He soon made friends, particularly among the women. For in Houston Street, as elsewhere, the fair sex rarely looks behind a pleasing personality for credentials of character. Yuli, the waitress and maid of all work in Weiss's coffee house, felt the blood surge to her face when she first beheld him. And when, for the first time, he gave her a trinkeld, or tip, and a smile, all the blood rushed back to her heart. After that, Yuli was his all day long she waited for him to come and when he had gone the place seemed dark and the music of the band grated upon her when he was there usually sitting alone and sipping coffee and staring into vacancy like a man whose mind is busy with many schemes her heart beat faster and life seemed glad yuli was plain Painfully plain, but there was a charm about her that had won the admiration of many of the patrons of the place, some of whom had even offered her marriage, but she had only laughed and had declared that she would never marry. Sometimes these incidents came to her ear of Esther, the daughter of the proprietor and made her heart burn, for Esther was fair to look upon, and yet had reached and passed her twentieth year without a single offer of marriage. With all her beauty, the girl was absolutely devoid of charm. There was something even in the tone of her voice that repelled men, probably a reflection of her arrogance and selfishness. Then one day, Yuli beheld her talking to David, saw that her face was animated, and that David's eyes were fastened intently upon her. In Esther's eyes she read the story that which, between woman and woman, is an open book. When her work was finished that night, Yuli hastened to her room, and, throwing herself upon the bed, burst into a flood of weeping. The affair progressed rapidly. There were times when Yuli, after serving him with coffee, would stand silently behind David, gazing upon him intently, yearning to throw her arms around that curly head and cry,
2: I love you. I'm yours."
1: But these became rarer and rarer, for Esther demanded more and more of his presence, and it was seldom that he sat alone in the coffee house. Yuli had never seen him manifest any of those lover-like demonstrations toward Esther that might have been expected under the circumstances, but she attributed this to his pride. Probably, she thought, when they were alone, beyond the reach of prying eyes, he kissed her and caressed her to her heart's content. The thought of it wore upon her spirit, and when one day Esther told her that they were to be married at the end of a month, Yuli turned pale and trembled, and then hurried to her room. (laughs) A few days after this announcement had been publicly made, and congratulations had begun to pour in from the many patrons of the establishment who had known Esther from childhood, Yuli observed a change in David's demeanor. He seemed suddenly to have become worried. He would come into the coffee house late at night after Esther had retired and sit alone over his coffee, brooding. Yuli's duties permitted her to leave at nine o'clock, but if David had not come in at that hour, she continued to work, even until midnight, the closing time, in the hope that she would see him enter. He rarely spoke to her, rarely noticed her. In fact, but Yuli in her heart had established an intimacy between them an intimacy rather a world of love and devotion in which alas she lived alone with a shadow she was quick to see the change that had come over him and she longed to speak to him to implore him to confide in her was it money she had led a frugal life and had saved the greater part of her earnings for years she would not trust her pittance with the banks it was all in a trunk in her room and he was welcome to it was it service he needed she was ready to do his bidding. The tears came into her eyes to see that face upon which light and laughter sat so gracefully now cast down with gloom. But David worried on the silence and left the place without a word. Then for several days he did not come at all. Esther told her that he had been called out of town on business.
2: Did, did he not look worried when last you saw him?
1: Yuli asked timidly. Esther's eyes opened in surprise.
0: Why, no, I,
1: I didn't notice that he looked any different. <sighs> Yuli sighed. That night there came to one of her tables a brisk, sharp-eyed little man, whose manner and accent betokened a new arrival from Hungary. He bowed politely to Yuli.
2: You are very skillful in your hair. Oh, your
1: hair. He complimented her upon her hair, which she wore flat upon her head after the fashion of peasant girls in Hungary. He gave her liberal drink and bowed courteously when he departed. The next evening he returned, and greeted her as newly made acquaintance. They chatted pleasantly a while. He had much news from the mother country that interested her. And then, quite by the way...
2: Uh, "'Do you happen to know a young man, tall and broad, quite good-looking, black eyes and curling hair, a very pleasant chap, extremely popular with the girls?' A friend had told me that I would find this young man somewhere in the Hungarian colony.
1: Do you know anyone who answered that description? His eyes were turned from her. He was watching the band playing. It was all quite casual. It is said that love creates a sixth sense. In a flash, Yuli's whole nature shrank from this man and stood at arms ready for battle. This was no friend in search of a boon companion. This was an enemy, a mortal enemy of David. She felt it. She knew it as positively as if she had seen him fly by at David's throat. Fortunately, the man had not observed the pallor that overspread her countenance.
2: No, I do not remember having seen such a man. He never comes here, or I would have remembered him.
1: That night was the beginning of the Feast of Hanukkah, the only feast at which the penitential psalms are omitted, lest they might mar the joyfulness of the celebration esther was away and it was yuli's duty to light the candles in the living room overhead the sun was fast sinking but the light of day still lingered in the sky yuli felt that it might be sacrilegious to hasten so holy a function but a sudden nervous dread had come over her and there was fear in her heart
2: i will light the candles now then i will wait outside in the street and if he comes i will warn him swiftly
1: lightly she sped up the stairs to the living room the door was open, and the light from the hall lamp shone dimly into the furthest corner, where, with his back turned to the door, stood, or rather knelt, David Parnes, before a desk in which the coffee house proprietor kept his money. Eulie recoiled, shocked, horrified, and then, swift as lightning stroke, came full revelation. He was a thief. She had always suspected something like that. And she loved him. "'Adored him more than ever at this moment. "'Yuli was an honest girl, an honest peasant girl, "'descended from a long line of peasants, "'all as honest as the day. "'But the world was against the man she loved. "'Honesty? To the winds with honesty!' "'With a rush, she was at his side.
2: "'Listen! There is the key. "'Over there on the wall. The money is in the top drawer. "'Take it and fly. "'There is a man below from Hungary looking for you. "'I told him you did not come here.' "'You can get away before he finds you. "'I will never tell. "'I swear I will never tell. "'Quick, you must fly!'
1: "'The young man had turned quickly when she entered, "'but after that he had not moved. "'He was still upon one knee. "'Had a thunderbolt fallen from the ceiling, "'he could not have been more astonished. "'He looked at Yuli in bewilderment.
2: "'Wait, I I will be back in a second. "'Open the desk and take all the money, "'and then I will be back.'
1: "'It seemed to him but an instant. "'Yuli had gone and had returned.' He was still kneeling, almost petrified with amazement. Yuli held out an old, stained leather pocketbook.
2: It is all mine. Take it. Run. You must not wait.
1: Slowly he rose to his feet. Once or twice he passed his hand over his eyes, as if he feared he was dreaming. Yuli? There was a world of incredulity, of bewilderment, of questioning his voice.
2: Oh, do not stay. They will be looking for you. Go before it is too late. Go far, far away. They will never find you. I do
1: not understand. What does it mean? A sudden weakness overcame Yuli, and she burst into (laughs) tears. He advanced toward her.
0: (laughs) Why are you
2: doing this?
1: Yuli could not speak. Her frame was convulsed, was sobbing. The tears were streaming down her cheeks. David, open-mouthed, stood gazing at her. The pocketbook had fallen from her hand, and a small heap of banknotes had slipped from it. David looked at them, then at her. Slowly, he advanced to where she stood. As gently as he could, he drew her in his hands from her face and turned her head toward the light in the hall. Julie. The blood coursed to her cheeks. Her gaze fell. She tore herself from his clasp.
2: For God's sake, go!
1: He restored the money to the pocketbook and placed it in her hands. Then he started toward the door.
2: You will not take it. It is all mine. I give it to you freely. Borrow it, if you like. Some day you can send it back.
1: He shook his head, stood irresolute for a moment, and then returned to her. Yuli, my mother
0: is dead, but in heaven she is blessing you.
1: Then he kissed her upon the forehead and walked determinedly out of the room. Yuli stood swaying to and fro for a moment, then tottered and fell to the floor. David stood on the stairs a full minute, breathing heavily like a man who has been running. Then his teeth clicked tightly together. He drew a long breath, walked briskly down the steps and strode into the brilliantly lighted coffee house. He knew the man at once. He had never seen him before, but unerring instinct pointed out his purser. He walked straight toward him.
0: When do we start for pest?
1: The man eyed him narrowly gazed at him thoughtfully for a moment, and then his face lit up. Buy the next steamer, if you like. David nodded. Good. Then, after a moment's hesitation, he said,
0: Will you come upstairs with me for a moment?
1: Without a word, the man accompanied him. They found Yuli, pale as a ghost, standing at the mantel lighting the Hanukkah candles. When she beheld David with his captor, she screamed, and would have fallen had not David sprung forward and caught her in his arms. Oh!
0: Listen, I am going back. My name is not David Parnes. I will write to you in a few days and tell you everything. They will send me to prison. In two or three years, I shall be free. Then I am coming back for you.
1: He held her in his arms for one brief moment, kissed her again on the forehead, and was gone. The tears came afresh to Yuli's eyes, but through her veins coursed a tumult of joy.
0: tax audio drama series is a production by the phoenix theater and arts company this week's episode hanukkah lights was written by bruno lessing adapted from the collection of stories children of men directed and edited by jenna isabella this episode features the vocal talents of Judy Brewster as the narrator, John Isabella III as David, Jenna Isabella as Esther, Gina Stanton as Yuli, and Mike Stanton as the man from Hungary. Original PTAC music by Brian Sanshin. For a full listing of credits, visit us at phoenixtheaterartsco.com. That's theater with an R-E. While you're there, please consider clicking the donate link that would be delightful. Have comments or questions? Email us at phoenixtheaterartsco@gmail.com at gmail.com or find us on social media. A very special thank you to our Patreon subscribers, with a shout out to those sitting in the box seats, Ken Shelby and on stage seating Margaret Thurston. We couldn't do this without you. Join us next time for The Tailor of Gloucester.